It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindlin. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for the 22nd episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Willie O'Ree edition. I'm Mark, and he's Rob. What's up? I am feeling really good today. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, uh, I found a lost dog on the way home, and uh, took it home to its family, so it's put me in a good mood today. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good news. It, How it, are you doing? I'm good. It's it's uh it's, it's pretty hot in my area of New England. Um, it's been that way for a couple of days now, so... Uh, yeah, I you had a big thunderstorm the other day. Yeah, yeah, last night was interesting. I was up uh, doing some research for uh, articles for the hockey writers, and um, man, it was pretty intense with some loud, loud thunder, thunderstorms, so it was interesting. But that's what happens during the dog days of the NHL offseason, and yeah. yeah, it's tough to get some news, but uh, catching up from last week, there was uh, some news that came out of the uh, Bruins camp. Uh, nothing official yet, which kind of makes me wonder, but I do have uh, complete faith in the, the fine people at uh, generalfanager.com. Uh, they are reporting that the Bruins signed two RFAs uh, over the week. And uh, right wing Brian Ferlin signs a one-year, two-way deal worth uh, 725000 at the NHL level and 70,000 at the AHL level. And Ferland's a 24-year-old right wing. He's got 76 games with the Providence Bruins, 17 goals, 17 assists, 34 points in two full AHL seasons. Uh, and not, not much news here. A, a big uh, a depth fi- uh, signing, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. I don't see him making the Bruins roster, so it's definitely a one for the AHL, that guy. Um, I think he, he needs to step his game up this year, which is a big thing, and I think that's why they've given him a one-year deal. Last year he had some uh, concussion issues, and uh, he was yeah. sidelined for a while. Yeah, I'm just... I'm just glad they're not giving like every guy under the age of like say 26 like th- 
three-year deals at the AHL level because it, it gives us that room to bring guys in when they're ready. Right, and, and Furlan's a right winger. Um, he is probably there because they don't believe that a player like Zachary Seneshin might be ready. I, I, I personally feel that a player like Seneshin should uh, get one more one more look in the uh, in the Ontario Hockey League with his um his respected suit St. Marie Greyhounds team and then make the transition to either the NHL and AHL after that when he's available. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the next signing was uh, defenseman Chris Casto signs a one year two way deal. Uh, if he makes it to the NHL, he'd be making six hundred fifty thousand dollars and ninety thousand dollars in the AHL. He's another twenty-four year old defenseman. He's got one hundred and eighty-six games with Providence, eleven goals, thirty-five assists, forty-six points in three full AHL seasons. Um, yeah. Another another depth signing, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of his games. Um, since he's been with Providence, and he's got he's got some up and down um, upside downsides, a um, little inconsistent for me. But um, everybody's got their own way of evaluating players, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it's one of them. He's a right shot defenseman, and they want to keep him with the organization because it's so hard to find. So again, though, it's it's another one one. Yeah, I believe these guys aren't going to go uh, make any moves to the NHL unless um, you know something drastic happens. Um, both Ferlin and Casto, uh, I believe, are definitely going to stay in Providence for a full season. Um, but I mean, that's that's pretty much it for signings. I mean, there's really not a lot of lot of news. Yeah, it's um, it's getting to that time in free agency where no one's really making any moves right now. Uh, the only news that will come is the whole Vasey thing from tomorrow onwards. So, yeah, and, and I wouldn't mind touching on that a little bit, just for the fact is that I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Yeah. Oh man, it's like now you go from a couple teams to now it's being reported that he's he's got nine teams, and then another website says he's involved in thirty team discussions, and then. You know, um, I'm not sure who, who wrote it. I, sh- I should look into that. But uh, one of the hockey writers uh, wrote a good article saying that his agent came out and said that none of the rumors are true. So yeah. it's hard to find um, a way a to believe. source. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, at this point, I'm just I'm excited to hear him sign somewhere, whether it be the Bruins or uh, 29 other NHL teams just for the fact that, that it's going to stop. I am really surprised. I was thinking the other day that he hasn't signed for, say, like a Swiss League team for a year and then signed with the NHL expansion team next season as a free agent. <laughs> that's, because that's that is the way he could go to then make more money because he won't be on an entry-level deal then. Right, because he'd have played in a different organization. So, well, well wait, wait, wait a second. Austin Matthews played in the Swiss yeah, league, and he, he's on an entry level deal. Yeah, but he came through the draft. Oh, yeah. Well, also did. Yeah, but he's come through the draft, and then you've got so many years, don't you, and that you're eligible. Yes, afterwards. I, I, I do understand yeah. what you're saying. Right. Yeah, so I think I think if he went away for like a year or two and came back, it'd be he could get paid like seven million dollars. Yeah, it comes down to his protected rights. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, to be honest, I see Chicago going all out and getting him because it fills a need. Well, two needs for them. It fills the fact that they have no salary cap, and that could be a cheap player for them. And the fact that they're missing out on the top six forward. Yeah, uh, Tara Vine and, and my, uh, he yeah. went to call, uh, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. So he could With possibly, Bickle. yeah, he could possibly fill in that role right there, and they and they do have cap space. Yeah, and that's 
when you've got a team like that where they've won like pretty much every season for the past couple of seasons like they, they just don't stop winning like why would you not sign for a team like that right uh, unless that's... he's unless he's going for his favorite team which I, I doubt it a lot of people are saying that his mother is pushing really hard to get him in Boston mm, well see I M- think money that, talks yeah money does talk and if you talking about a contract now and you're saying he's not going to play top six minutes in Boston there's no real halt for him he won't take Ericsson's spot because I'm I'm betting Bolesky plays there again so he'd be playing top nine minutes and that knocks Frank Petrano down so it's a bit awkward to kind of look at the Bruins roster and see where he'd fit in because there's not really anywhere that I see that he would fit in other than the maybe the third or fourth line but if other teams are offering him second or first line minutes then he's going to go there isn't he? Yeah and I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter um, in the past couple recently in the past couple days and um, we were talking about his um, role in a potential Bruins deal and uh, you know I like what you're saying, you know, it's going to be tough to to fill those spots that are needed, but I I look ahead, and I'm thinking, like, when he needs a contract, like yeah. he's going to be very, and I, I think I've said this a couple of times, I just think he's going to demand um, a lot of money. I mean, I, whatever he signs now with any team in the NHL, I think it's just going to be what many call a bridge deal. Well, I think, doesn't he have to sign an entry-level deal? I'm sure if he signs, he's got to sign a two-year entry-level deal. Right. That's why, that's why they're saying that pretty much every team is in on this because every team can afford a, what what's the maximum on a entry-level deal? Like? I think it's 925 Yeah, and then probably bonuses. Yeah. So you're looking at like $2 million. Which basically most teams can fit in. So, I think, I think that's why they're saying it's a thirty-team thing because he could go to anyone. Well, it's twenty-nine because he's not going to Nashville. We know that, right? So, and my thought is, um, he if he signs with an uh, he signs with a National Hockey League team, he burns one year of his eligibility. Yeah. Okay, so now now you're on two now you're on two a two year deal entry level, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming um, when it comes down to he needs another deal, he's going to be asking for a lot of money. And the and just the, just I'm just going by the the the, the past of um, of how bad the Bruins cap issues are, and that could be a very big issue. I, I mean, I could see something like Boychuk happening again. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's going to be a cap casualty to keep a kid like that that's going to want the world after and an entry level deal. Pan out? Yeah, exactly. You don't, you yeah. don't know right now because he hasn't proved it at this level. Well, the thing is, we we know we're going to shed what seven million from Chara. Well, six million this season. Yeah, but so. I mean, do you, in your opinion, do you would you want to sh- shed that salary and then pay fi- it straight out? For yeah. for a need at a at forward, I I think no. when Char is gone, I mean he's a value to the team regardless of his slow old or whatever. His value to the team is going to have to be replaced. The Bruins have to stop making these stupid moves like like the boy Chuck. The boy Chuck is it had to be done. Whatever, it's a cap casualty world. <clears throat> blah blah blah. I'm not going to get into that. But the team never comes back and replaces these players. Mm. So when Char is gone, you're going to have to replace him. And that's why I think you save that seven million, you split it between the young D men we've got coming through the system now, for bridge deals when their contracts end. So in three, you, you got to think about it. If if they're coming in in the next say season or two, you've got what four years from now, five years, and then those kids are going to need signing like actual contracts right if they all make it to the NHL 
you're going to have probably five young D-men because Krug's probably still going to be there. Yep. So you're going to have five young D-men who all need contracts. That seven million is going to be needed to be spread between them to give them bridge deals to see who becomes a star and who becomes a bottom six guy. So You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. We need to to start saving every time a guy like Chara goes. Don't replace him. And if you do, you replace him with a one- or two-year deal. You don't don't do what you did with Backers and go six years. Right. Because that, that, I I like David Backers. I really like the David Backers signing. I love having him in Boston, but not the term or the money. No. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, I'm looking at channelfanager.com right now, and there's, there's, Chara's got two full seasons. Mm-hmm. Krug has four full, four more full seasons. McQuaid yeah. has three more full. Oh, Kevin Miller has four more full. Yeah. Lyles has one year. Miller has two. And Morrow has one. So I'm looking at right now, at, after next season, I, I see Morrow gone, I see Lyles gone, and um, I'm not going to say hopefully, but they might want to shed some space with um, either McQuaid or Miller and expose them into the, the um, expansion draft. Yeah, McQuaid. And, right. That's that was my thing, yeah. and um, and make room roster spots for guys like Carlo Lawson, um, Grizzlick. I I I can't see McAvoy making any immediate impacts because I I really believe that he's a education first kind of player. Yeah, it's going to be probably three years. Right. Him Everybody, there's a lot of people that are writing about him, him cracking the team this year or next year, and I. Oh, no. I I would really rather see a kid like that get his experience against players. I mean, he's 18. And he's going into a really good system at Boston. Right, so right. He's going to learn how to be a top-class demon. So I'd, I'd, they've, got, they've just got such a good like hockey system in Boston, in all the colleges and the universities that... There's a reason, like a lot of hockey players go there, because it's so well thought out, and the way that they produce so many good stars is because they have a great way of building people into NHL players. So, and at the same time, he's going to learn a trade. So, hopefully, he doesn't get injured. But if he does, he can move on. So, I, I think it's the best thing for him, and also the best thing for the Bruins. Because if we rush him now and none of the kids that are drafted around him to make that team of the future, if none of them are there, there's no point in wasting his three years on his entry-level deal. Agreed. Let him come in as a probably top 4D man straight out of university with three years of his entry-level. Yeah. So... uh, People don't think about the background of things and the fact that you're going to have this guy who's, what, 24, 23 when he comes out of uni? Yeah. Probably. So, if he comes out of uni at that age and he's on a three-year entry-level deal, that's a steal. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I I, I get the passion of, of Bruins fans that want to see these players that get drafted and immediately fit right onto the team, but you you, you got you got to give time. This, 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 the percentages are, are absolutely ridiculous of a guy that gets drafted that actually makes the team yeah. throughout the NHL. But I, I, I'm, I'm a develop first kind of guy. I don't want to see players get rushed because I've seen in the past, I've been around for a while, that they, it's not a good, it's really not a good thing. It, it's, it's really sad that you have to uh, address certain needs on a player that you just picked up. Yeah. I would rather, you know, make make moves and get a player that can fit in, keep the team competitive, and not overspend, and then wait 
the appropriate time for a player to properly go through the stages of the system, learn the system, uh, learn more about the organization, and then flow right in without yeah. rushing. That, that's the best way to do it. And the way that they've drafted kind of tells you that's the way that they want to do it as well. Right. So the, the way I see it is you've got like a four, maybe five-year plan and we've got to wait it out. We've got to keep Sweeney in charge because if you if you get another guy that comes in now, I, I don't care like about all the people who hate Sweeney and say get rid of him. He's got a long-term plan, and if you don't see out that long-term plan with Sweeney, some other guy is going to come in and trade those guys that we've got, those young guys. Try and win now, and then we'll be back to straight one, yep. uh, like back to square one. So just just wait it out. It's it's not that long. Um, like I'm not saying in 40 years' time we're going to win our next cup. It it could be five, ten years. So I'd rather wait five or ten years than wait another 40, 50 years. Yeah, that's true. So it, it's just all about building your team through your draft now, whereas it wasn't before. It was about trading the younger guys who looked like they were going to be good to get superstars. So now, You bring up the draft a couple of times in that in that. Uh, sentence and and I, I just wanted to touch on this real quick. Um, you know, and and many Bruins fans know that there were no Canadian players picked in the draft yeah. this year. And I wanted to just just quickly touch on this and get your opinion. I believe that uh, Sweeney and scouting staff have a plan going on. Like you said, you know, he's got a long term plan, but. With by not taking on any Canadian-born players that are potential that could be um, currently playing in the CHL, whether it be the the OHL, the Q, or the W, I believe that if they see something in somebody, they could, you know, rush through a player that is not from Canada or, or associated with those leagues because of the stupid agreement. Yeah. If there's somebody available, they'll rush through it and get him you know, playing time as soon as possible instead of waiting. Uh, do you see that happening at all? I might have touched on this a couple podcasts ago, but it's just kind of weird that... Yeah. The, see, I don't think it's a whole, like, screw Canada plot. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm just no, saying they're no, trying no, to I'm avoid... But I think it's like like you said, you've got guys who can contribute now if you need them, and you don't have to deal with the the whole oh they've got to stay down there till the twenty. Right. So if say we drafted McAvoy this year and he didn't want to go back to university, but then straight away we've got a guy who can fit in. Right. Yep. Because from what we've seen at camp it looks like he could fit into an NHL team now. Certainly could. So, you've got guys like that that maybe next year he decides he wants to play professional hockey and he feels he's ready, he can step up. Whereas if you're in the if you're in the minors, you can't. So, I think it's more availability than it is like, just not wanting to draft Canadians. But, like I was saying, we've had these few years of positional drafting where we've picked guys for specific roles and we've picked guys who are going to fit in to those type of roles later on down the line. I think next year, probably the year after as well, you'll start to get the best available picks. And I think we'll see a lot of Canadians coming through. I really do. Because now we've got those guys who can come up in the next few years we can start picking the guys that can take a bit of time and stay in the juniors. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they definitely had a plan. And I, I've seen a lot of people like mock the Bruins or mock Sweeney for the way that we've passed up on those so-called like superstars coming out of Canadian juniors. I've done it. Yeah. I'm but not going to lie. At the same time, I, I challenge anyone 
write down every draft pick that we've picked in the last three years or two years let's say two write down every draft pick that we've put and put them into positions of where you'd think they'd fit on a Bruins roster in five years and you pretty much have a whole team mm-hmm. of guys who professionals have said this kid looks like he'll make the NHL so guys like Trent Frederick that got mocked for being picked in the first round when he's definitely a second round player we had that same exact thing with Sinition. yeah and then look at look at Sinition now yep everyone loves him yeah I'm I was one of those guys that was like wow you went off the board but now I'm like you know, you see a full year of progress, and and his and his role from a bottom six player to a top top line producer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I if he stays in the in the OHL next season, I, I believe he could easily score fifty goals. So each yeah. each year of his development is getting better, which is a positive sign that if he's ready for the AHL after his after his twentieth birthday. Um, he, he could, you know, slot right in there very nicely, or or fit into a, uh, the NHL spot. But yeah. you know, it's all about development. And like I say, it, I, I've said it so many times. It's not just about the way we've drafted, as well. Like in the last two years, it's about the way we've traded, and the way we've traded has been a hundred times better than I could ever ma- imagine it. The way the the guys that we got from the from what we got from Dougie Hamilton and what we got from Milan Lucic were really good value, I think. Especially the Milan Lucic deal, because I think we got way more than we should have. We got Saboral. We got the Saboral pick in that. Well, yeah, we got two first rounders, and then we got uh, Colin Mill. Yeah. And Sean Curley. Yep. So I think it's it's a great deal for a guy who's just gone to Edmonton. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to the next crop of, pe- of players that are coming through. There's a lot of like good possibilities of um, of talent. I'm excited. I'm excited for yeah. Sinistrin. I'm excited for Lawson. Dante Heinen, um, Danton Heinen, sorry, but uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a nice group that are coming through, and I believe the Bruins have uh, have gotten back to uh, restocking because I believe not only did the Bruins shed salary cap, uh, sh- salaries, yeah, cap space yeah. with the with the deals they made for Lucic and Hamilton, but they also took advantage of that and and um, made an aggressive approach. To restock the uh, prospect pool. Yeah, and I know sometimes we sound all high and mighty about the fact that we know about the guys who have been drafted and everything, but the it, it's not it's not too hard nowadays to like just quickly read up on these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've got places like the hockey writers, and you've got uh, like general manager and stuff like that where you can you can type in a team's name so you type in Boston Bruins it'll bring up everyone on who's on the Bruins roster all the prospects you can click on them see how they're doing it, it's so easy nowadays to learn the entire team and what the prospects are and how they're doing like I, I spend time going around other teams around the NHL and looking at prospects that I'd love to take away from a team that don't really believe they're going to turn into something. Yeah, and um, when you talk about prospects, uh, and especially Bruins prospects, my my go-to guy is uh, Kurt Ludecki. Yeah. He's really, really, really good at um, getting all information. Uh, He's a former scout. Uh, and he works for, he, I believe he still works or used to work for the Red Line Report, which is a very, very reputable um, scouting uh, system. Yeah. And you can find his work at uh, scoutingpost.com. And uh, I got, he 
does uh, weekly updates during the season and uh, over the summer. Uh, he does he does an incredible job. And um, if I get stuck in any of my research, he's my go-to guy. Yeah, I'll tell you what as well. There's a guy who I watch on YouTube who does uh, kind of like little 30-second videos about the NHL news and stuff like that. CJ? Also, yeah. Yep. Power player to CJ. Yep, I enjoy he, that kid. Just... He is one of the best guys for giving you quick little bits of news that you can hear about, and he'll talk about prospects all year round. Yep. And he'll tell you about guys who are going to come up, teams that he thinks he fits into, that kind of stuff. And I, I must admit, as soon as I found that YouTube channel, I found myself watching pretty much every video on his list. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Earlier this past hockey season, maybe the beginning yeah. or middle, somewhere in that area, and I, I quickly subscribed. Yeah, I found him around the draft because I was uh, trying to find out a, a few, bit more about players when we were doing our mock draft yep. on the show. And, uh, yeah, I... It came up with him on YouTube, and I was amazed at the amount that he actually knows about all the juniors and stuff like that. So, yeah. I would definitely suggest subscribing. So, uh, you, uh, what do you got? You got anything good, tempting? Um, we were gonna talk about something, and I have completely forgotten. All right, then I'll. You want me to? Oh, take... we were gonna talk about the bye week. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was going through, because um, I'm constantly researching um, new ideas for, for articles for the hockey writers that are Bruins related, and I just happened to go through, I'm thinking about an article about um, some of the, the upcoming games of importance uh, for the upcoming season between the Bruins and, and, and many teams, and I, I just happened to see this break from February 13th to the 18th, which is a completely full week off. And I looked yeah. into it, and the NHL is now have a bi-week system. Uh, and I'm all for giving guys a break to go home and see family and rest up, but, you know, this is a, a little bit out of left field, in my opinion. And the worst part of it is, it's at the most critical time of the season. Yeah. <clears throat> Them last few months. Like, how, how close was it the last few months of last season? And you want to give guys a rest and go home and become lethargic and sit down and not train as much. I just think it, it's absolutely stupid. Yeah, it's I mean, not. It's not American football. We don't need a bye week. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't get this um, integration of what other sports do. And you know, if you want to give anybody a break, give the. The, the 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 teams that are going to be in the playoffs a week off before the playoffs actually start. Yeah. You know? I mean yeah, give it to the give people it a break, then. Yeah, give it to the people that are deserving that are moving on to the postseason. You know, I mean I, I I'd have to go through this um the complete NHL schedule again and see how all these bye weeks uh revolve and see how they, they all line up because it's 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 interesting, but it, in my opinion, it's also stupid. Yeah, I'm going to be really peeled if uh, they start putting more and more bye weeks in every season. Because right. we don't get enough hockey to begin with. Like, I know the hockey season's long, but it doesn't feel long when it comes around. And the off-season's so long that it feels like it's a month. Like it feels like the hockey season is like one month or two months. I have to agree. It, it, it goes by too fast. As soon as October happens, it seems like yeah. here's April. Yeah, and I've been working non-stop all year waiting for it to come back. And I, I keep seeing these pages that are like posting like a picture of a player. Like the other week it had Brad Marchand and it said 63 more days until the hockey season starts. And I I thought to myself, I'm sure it was 63 days about three months ago. <laughs> it's just, it's never getting closer. It feels like it's never going to arrive. And I just can't wait to see the Bruins hit the ice. Yeah. Even for pre-season. 
Like I, I can't wait for pre-season just to see some hockey. Yeah, and and, that... and that's going to be annoying for me to find anyway because it's not televised over. Right. So the uh, the Bruins training camp and Bruins rookie camp is coming up. Rookie camp starts the September twenty second, and yeah. the full training camp, uh, NHL training camp starts the twenty fifth from Warrior Ice Arena in Alston Brighton, Mass. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna try to be there for everything. Um, I don't know if I have that much vacation time to spend, but <laughs> I'm gonna try like hell. I really want to attend all the days of the rookie camp because those are the type of players that I want to I want to get more evaluations on. Yeah. Um, we 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 see we see the the NHL Bruins roster on a on a yearly basis with most of the guys, so we pretty much have a good evaluation, you know, tone on um on those. And that group of people, but I'd like to see the guys that are coming up. Oh yeah, definitely. But and then you can tell me how everyone's doing. I will. I, I'm dying to know. I will, and I'll send videos and <clears throat> pictures. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did want to say: uh, World Cup is coming up too. Yeah. And this is this is one thing that I was I've been thinking about, and and. They call me stupid for thinking it, but you know, <laughs> we have Zidane Chara, which is an, an aging defenseman, so-called uh, you know leader of the team, and obviously he's going to represent his um, Slovakia team. Yeah, is it? Uh, it's one of the European teams. Right. I can't remember which one. So yeah. whatever team he plays for, it's 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 irrelevant, but. Here's my thing: is he's gonna go and he's gonna represent his country or his, or where, wherever he's he's gonna play. Yeah. So, do you expect him to to hop right into I'm ready to go in a full, ready to start the NHL season after you've been your body's been pretty beat up for uh, you know an international type of tournament? You know what? You know what's even worse than that is the fact that he's gonna go to that tournament. He's gonna play like top minutes and non-stop, just get beaten about. But then he's gonna come back and do camp, and then get beaten about by uh, is it Coach Whiteside? Yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, last season we saw him do. He's lost out on. The fact that he's the pull-up champion of the Boston Bruins, uh, so you can see his body's starting to age because he can't do as much as he could before. He he looked absolutely dead when it came to the sprints. Like there was there was guys like Brad Marchand who was still running about after they did the bleep test, and then you see Chara stood there and he could barely breathe. So I just think. It's the worst possible time for the World Cup of Hockey, but it needs to happen because I want some hockey on my TV. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. But he is definitely going to be beaten up by the time he gets back. <clears throat> and he's going to be sore. And he's going to start the season off slow, like he always does. So the thing is, he's not going to... Like, I bet he's not having a lot of rest at home now. I bet he's training already like mad so right. he's not one of them guys who's just going to sit back and not do anything it's like look at Yarmy Yager and how much he does on the off season oh Jesus like those guys just keep going all off season so I think I think this year is the year where he decides can I make it to the end of my contract like I think at the beginning of the year he'll know whether or not that he's going to stay the, both years or whether he's going to leave at the end of next year which is worrying to me because I have no idea who's going to step into his role right and yep. there's no guys that are going to hit free agency that are able to step into his role yeah we looked at the list um, I think it was either last week or a couple of weeks ago of uh, availability when he's gone yeah. And there really wasn't anything I think that the, the best guy that would fit was Jack Johnson. Yeah, and he's probably not going to hit free agency. Right. 
so although he might do if he doesn't take it like a lower sal salary when he resigns so Brent, Brent Burns available yeah that guy's never leaving we somewhere. can have we can have the Wookiee it reminds me. We, we need the Wookiee. Yeah. That, that guy's, guy's insane. That guy's a beast. Jeez. Yeah. And I I always loved it, like, when the playoffs started, and I said, you know San Jose are going to get to the final because they're just going to screw us over with that first-round pick. Yeah. And then they got to the final, screwed us over the first-round pick. So, it, uh, like, I love the NHL for the pure fact that you know those little rivalries are going to kick you back. Like, you know that the Bruins are going to lose at least one game to Montreal next season, and everyone's going to go mental. So, it's just them little things around the league that I love. Speaking of the schedule... But, like... uh, oh, okay. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I was about to say about this. So, you, you take over. All right, so I, I last night I, I, I was going through the schedule, which which I, I, I mentioned that I found the, the week off, and uh, yeah. I pretty much uh, categorized all all the teams that the Bruins are going to play next season and how many times home and away. Um, it's pretty obvious that a lot of the West Coast teams are going to be played one home and one away to get availability for fans to see the teams uh, all around the NHL these days. But, I mean, I, I remember when the Bruins would play Montreal six to eight times. Um, yeah. It seems now everything's changing. Like this year, we play Montreal two home and two away for four games. Um, yeah. That's not exciting for me because, you know, Montreal's got has had our number for the past, I don't know how many years, um, really not much room to make up for if you go down in the hole 0-3 on a team that you're probably going to battle neck-to-neck um, -neck on, on a playoff spot. Yeah. But, I think after last year and the Winter Classic, we won't pay back. Right. And, and if we're only having four games, it's not that much of a... Like, I, I think you should play more games against your biggest rivals. I think so I too. Think, yeah, that should be like the team you play the most should be your your main rival because it'll make more money, it'll make better t uh, like TV. Why wouldn't that that just sells itself? If you said, "Oh, Montreal and Boston are going to play eight times next season," do you know how many guys that I know that don't even like Montreal or Boston but watch them games? Yeah. Like, it's unreal. It's the rivalry. It brings people in. It really does. Yeah. But what I mean, you look at you look at Winter Classic last year. There were Toronto fans everywhere. There were all different fans that bought tickets to go and see it. So it's the main attraction. Well, the, the thing that kills me about this whole um, schedule breakdown that I did last night is um, they play Montreal that we mentioned four times, two home and two away. But and and Montreal is only it's only a, it's a short trip. Yeah. But they they play a team like Tampa Bay five times, two games away and three games at home. Yeah. I I just don't I don't get that. And then they play Florida, the Florida Panthers. Uh, they play them the same, uh, three games away and two games at home. Yeah. Um, it's just it's weird yeah it, is, it just seems stupid like why why wouldn't you make it like them the four gamers and then add the extra games on to Montreal right and and some of the games that I really enjoy watching all the time is the Bruins Philly game and there's only three games that they're playing this season yeah that that's ridiculous right three games that's against that, Pittsburgh that is, yeah Another rival, right? The, the three main rivals that you said were playing less than two teams that no one could care about. So, uh, to be honest, I don't mind playing Tampa Bay because 
Oh, that's exciting hockey. Yeah, it's it's competitive and it's kind of a big bruiser team against a smaller skilled team. Right. And I mean, didn't we destroy Tampa Bay last year on one of the games? I'm sure we beat them like five one or something. Oh yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And that, yeah. It see, there's like there's other rivalries starting to happen with the Bruins. You can see because we're playing other teams more as well. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Amount of times Ottawa have got close to us in the standings, and then that becomes heated, and then you've got um, Detroit last year when they were like we were bunny hopping up and down above and below them in the standings. So I, I like how the league's going at the moment where it's kind of all close it's really close hockey but it's going to get to that point again where we're going to have like the teams that are definitely going to make the playoffs and then, and then you're going to have your bottom feeders that are constantly going to be there uh, it's just a shame when when teams go like that so right. but as long as there's hockey like I don't care who we're playing I mean I'll I'll get my guys from my hockey team and we'll come and play the Bruins and then we'll get demolished fifty nil but <laughs> it'll still be still be hockey so sounds like a little mystery Alaska to me. Well yeah, it'll be fifty nil to us by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course with me and Net why not? So uh, yeah, but again, like let me ask you. Where do you see us placing next season? With a, without any changes to the lineup, to what it is now. I, I I gotta I gotta say right now, as much as I want this team to successfully accomplish the yearly goal of making the playoffs, I don't think they made the right moves. I think they made um, decent moves to stay competitive. But I don't believe they made enough moves, especially on the back end as of right now, to to to, to tell me that this is going to be a playoff roster. I don't see it yet. You know, write this down. Ask me right around the Thanksgiving holiday and the uh, beginning or mid December, and I will definitely give you a better answer. On where I see them sitting, but as of right now, they they just seem like another uh, team that didn't do much. That's possibly going to be missing the playoffs with a you know a mere couple points, and that's I really don't like being negative like that. But you know the the writing's on the wall. Yeah, can and you I, imagine another year at number fourteen? Oh, <laughs> I'm not that even worried about the number, of the draft pick. I'm worried about. Yeah. The, the 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 mass like I'm I'm probably gonna say this the wrong way but the mass suicide that's probably gonna happen um, oh, yeah. with Bruins fans I'm not prepared for you know a, a, a whitewash a social media hatred well well I don't I think you'll see a lot of people choose their second team as they always put it on Facebook yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I think you'll see a lot of kind of out of towner fans leave the Bruins if it carries on this way but at the same time I've seen a lot of Bruins fans who it's it says that they're from like Massachusetts area and the guys that are saying I'm done with the team so I uh, to be honest I don't get how you're done with a team that's still competing I'd hate to see what you were like if you were like say a Toronto fan oh man because the past Four years for them must have been hell. 1967, baby! Well, yeah, but, I mean, at least they were a bit competitive, like, a few years ago. Now they're just not competitive at all. Yeah, but uh, Toronto's another team that's just just plugging away, putting the pieces together to, you know, build up a a potentially lethal team. But, you know, if, if if they can have patience with that team... And sell out every night. Yeah. yeah. 
so can we. So can other teams in the NHL. See, I like I I just like to get excited about the little things. Like, if you're a Bruins fan and you're worried, just try and picture what the fourth line's gonna be next year. Because I don't know if anyone can perfectly guess it right now. Like, picture who they're gonna go for in free agency. Because you know they're gonna panic and and a defenseman before the end of the season, before the end of the uh, free agency. So. Right. So, I, I just love them little thing. Like, I have a little notepad and I'll write stuff in it and I'll go, I bet they'll go out and give Chris Russell four million for two years. That's and that... then if that comes true, I just go over to my notepad and I pull it out and rip pieces. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I hope it doesn't come true. Because if that comes true, I think you'll probably throw a computer at them. Alright. Hey, we apologize for the technical difficulties. A little, little in and out, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna cut it right here and say um, thank you for everybody for listening. We're sorry about this. Um, uh, it should be fixed within the next few weeks. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look into another way of uh, communicating. Uh, we use Skype right now, so it just seems to be giving us a lot of trouble in the past couple of weeks. So um, we will be back next week, hopefully. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, you can follow me at thw black and gold. You can follow Rob at Bruins Fort. I'm sorry, Rob Bruins 40? Uh, Rob 40 Bruins. Rob 40 Bruins. My dyslexia is kicking in. Um, yeah, and again, we appreciate it and sorry about the technical difficulties. We'll try to get it fixed as soon as possible. Have a good week, guys. Thank you very much and take care, everybody. Join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.